It's time for a wellness revolution. Brought to you by Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. Honest discussion on maintaining health and wellness naturally to enjoy a better quality of life. He's the doctor fighting to let you keep your doctor. Now, Dr. Stephen Hotsi. Dr. Hotsi's Wellness Revolution podcast is brought to you by Physicians Preference Pharmacy, formerly Hotsi Pharmacy. Welcome to Dr. Hotsi's Wellness Revolution. I'm Stacey Banfield here with Dr. Stephen Hotsi, founder of the Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. And ladies, today we are going to talk about hysterectomies. Should you get a hysterectomy? And if you've had a hysterectomy, well, what do you do at that point? How can you experience optimal health? So Dr. Hotsi, please share with us your thoughts on hysterectomies. Thank you so much, Stacey. And thank you for joining us today on Dr. Hotsi's Wellness Revolution. I do believe that you and every individual needs to have a physician and a staff of professionals who can coach you and have the wherewithal and know how to coach you onto a path of health and wellness naturally. So as you mature, and that's without pharmaceutical drugs, so as you mature, you've got energy, you've got vitality, and you're enthusiastic <laughs> about, about life, life right? right? <laughs> Everybody should feel that way. Now, today we're going to talk about a subject that really affects literally millions of women over their life uh, over uh, across the United States. And it's the uh, topic of hysterectomies. Did you know on an average every year there are approximately 600,000 hysterectomies performed in the United States? Currently, there are over 20 million women in the United States that have had a hysterectomy. It's the second most frequently performed surgical procedure procedure besides cesarean section for women in reproductive age. Now, ladies, let me ask you a question. Do you have heavy bleeding? Do you have clotting? Do you have intermenstrual bleeding? There are regular periods. Do you have uterine fibroids? Have you been trying to find the solution to this misery because it's interfering with your life? And when you do, who do you normally see? Well, you go see your OB-GYN. And routinely, an OB-GYN, when he evaluates a woman that's having dysfunctional uterine bleeding, heavy clotting, severe cramping, and, and or fibroids, his recommendation is going to be to perform a hysterectomy. He says, I don't, you know, chance to cut's a chance to cure. That's the way we can stop the bleeding. Now, mind you, OB-GYN doctors are surgeons. They're trained as surgeons. They do obstetrical and gynecological surgery. In talking with OB-GYNs, they've told me they spend the first half of their life delivering babies, and the second half of their career, they spend performing hysterectomies or bladder suspensions. So has your doctor recommended to you to have a hysterectomy? Well, it sounds simple enough. Chance to cut, chance to cure. We'll cut out the uterus. You won't have any uh, abnormal bleeding. And most women go like, whatever you have to do, we've got to stop this. It's terrible. It comes, you know, I have these irregular periods. I may start bleeding at an unknown time, and it's terribly painful. It'll last days to maybe week, weeks and longer. And and so it's it's a real problem with conducting your life. And so women, obviously, when you have this problem, you want to get it taken care of. I understand that. But it's not always necessary to get a hysterectomy. It's time to address some important facts about having a hysterectomy, whether or not it's really necessary, 
and how a hysterectomy can affect your health adversely. So knowledge is power, and we want to arm you with what you need to have to make the best and safest decision for your health and well-being. Remember, you've got to take charge of your health. And if you simply rely upon your doctor or your insurance company or the government to change your health without doing any education on your own, then you have relinquished your personal responsibility. There's plenty of information out there that you can gain online, like on this podcast, to learn whether or not you really need a hysterectomy and what are the problems that occur after a woman has a hysterectomy. Often, after a hysterectomy, women have a rude awakening. They don't feel like themselves anymore. They have headaches. They develop anxiety. They can't sleep. They have moodiness. Their energy level has gone into the tank. In short, they just feel terrible. Why does this happen? Well, this can be to an immediate decline in your hormones if you've had a total uh, hysterectomy and bilateral salpingo-oophorectomy. Oh, that's a lot of words, doctor. What is that? In lay terms, lay people call it a total hysterectomy. That's, that's in lay terms, that means they took out my uterus and they took out my ovaries. It's really, uh, hysterectomy is when you take out the uterus. When you take out the ovary and the tubes that go to the ovary from the uterus, that is called a bilateral salpingo-oophorectomy. Oophorectomy relates to removal of the ovaries. That's a Latin term. Well, why do people feel badly after a hysterectomy? Well, it's due to the immediately decline in hormones if they've had a complete total hysterectomy with removal of the ovaries. By removing both the uterus and ovaries, a woman immediately has a dramatic decline in her hormone levels. She no longer makes any estrogen, progesterone, or testosterone. So that immediately puts her into menopause? Is that it's, what that basically does? We call it surgical menopause. Now... If the ovaries are left in, oftentimes women still have problems because you've ligated part of the blood supply or clamped down on part of the blood supply to the ovaries, and oftentimes the ovaries then begin to shrink. They're already not functioning right, or you wouldn't be having uh, dysfunctional uterine bleeding and fibroids. You already have your hormones out of balance, and it just further deteriorates. So within a couple of years, women will go through the change of life after a hysterectomy if they've left the ovaries in. Now, after a hysterectomy, when the ovaries are removed, routinely and historically, doctors will prescribe Primarin. Primarin is estrogen derived from pregnant mare urine. That's how they get the name. Primarin, pregnant mare, pre-mare, mare urine. Primarin is pregnant mare's urine. And it was used ubiquitously uh, up until... The early 2000s, when it was shown, Primarin alone created estrogen dominance, which led, led to an increased risk in breast cancer. So it does relieve hot flashes and night sweats when you take the pregnant urine, but it has some adverse effects. It causes it puts you in estrogen dominance, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, there are many negative consequences to taking Primarin. And I've seen so many women that have Primarin, they get weight gain because they're in estrogen dominance. That adversely, estrogen dominance is when you only have estrogen and, and little or no progesterone. 
So in this case, a woman who's taking Premarin alone or another prescribed uh, estrogen hormone by a doctor like estradiol or uh, estrone, when they give these, primarily they give estradiol, and when they give this, all you're getting is estrogen. You don't have a balance in your hormones between natural occurring progesterone and estrogen. The natural solution to this is to replenish your hormones and restore what is missing with natural bio-identical hormones. That means hormones that are identical to the hormones your body made, and they're easily available. Bio-identical hormones are identical to the hormones your body makes, and they can help resolve the symptoms and help you feel normal and natural again. Now, what's a hysterectomy? This is a little course on hysterectomy 101. It's a surgery to remove the uterus. There are four different types of hysterectomy surgeries. You have a total hysterectomy where you remove the entire cervix and, and the uterus at one time. The uterus and the cervix, which extends into the vagina, are removed. A total hysterectomy, as I've mentioned, and bilateral salpingo-oophorectomy, removal of both the uterus, cervix, and the fallopian tubes, as well as the ovaries. There's something also called a super cervical hysterectomy where the upper part of the uterus is removed, but the cervix is left intact. And then a radical hysterectomy in which you have a total hysterectomy, removal of all the structures, including the ovaries and other tissue around the uterus. So why do doctors recommend hysterectomies? Well, you may have uterine fibroids. That's, that's benign growth in the, uter- growths in the uterus, uh, kind of like the size of maybe a golf ball, uh, and, and they grow, and, and they're, they're caused by the production of uh, estrogen dominance. When a woman marches through her menstrual life, if at any time she had natural balance between estrogen and progesterone, when she marches through her menstrual life, progesterone, which is a hormone of the last 14 days of a normal 28-day cycle, doesn't get produced in the amount to balance the estrogen. Estrogen's a proliferative hormone. It proliferates the tissue in the uterus. So all the uterine uh, beefs up, getting it ready for fertilization. Estrogen also causes breast tenderness and breast swelling in uterine fibroids if you don't have enough progesterone to balance it. Mid-cycle, when a woman on day 14 or 15 ovulates, gives off an egg, at that location on the, on the ovary, it's called the corpus luteum, it produces progesterone, and it should balance out the estrogen. As a woman marches through her menstrual life, and it can happen after childbirth, some women have it after the first child, but by the time a woman hits 35 or 40, her ovaries are no longer as healthy as they had been when she was younger, uh, at a younger age. And so you may even have a decline in progesterone, but the progesterone levels would decline even more, so there's no balance. So this proliferative effect keeps stimulating the uterus to build up more and more intrauterine tissue. And so the periods go from three to five days to five to seven days to seven to nine days, from mild to moderate to very heavy. And then women will begin to develop intermenstrual bleeding. They'll bleed between the periods because they have this breakthrough bleeding because all this tissue is built up, and women have anovulatory cycles as they march through their menstrual life. They get 35, 40 there until the menopause. Many months, a woman will not give off an ovary, and all she has is estrogen, and that's why someone will say, gosh, I had such a heavy period last month. It lasted me 12 days, and then 
The next one comes back to normalize. Well, she ovulates the next month, and she has this problem because the ovaries are aging, and they're not a woman's not as fertile as she was when she was in her teens and 20s. So uterine fibroids are one of the reasons the he- uh, uh, that doctors recommend a hysterectomy. Heavy, unusual, and intermenstrual dysfunctional uterine bleeding. You may have a uterine prolapse where the, where the uterus prolapses into the vagina and, it, and the cervix literally falls down into the vagina. Even some women, I've seen the uterus literally comes out of the vagina because they've lost the, the uh, tensile strength of their ligaments and the muscle, musculature that holds the uterus begins to fall as you age. Gravity takes its effect, right? And so they begin to have those problems. Um, cancer is another reason people have hysterectomies. And chronic pelvic pain, say from uh, endometriosis, can lead a woman to have a hysterectomy. Now, most hysterectomies are not required. Many, if not most, are not required. Why? Because if the doctors that are the surgeons, the OBGYNs, really understood that the problem is not with the abnormal bleeding, but it's with the hormonal production that adversely affects the hormonal bleeding and the stimulation of the buildup of the tissue in the uterus. So if a woman is not making enough progesterone or she's having heavier periods, it's simple to solve that. We simply supplement the same natural progesterone in a woman from day 14 through the end of the month to help balance this out. And we can shorten the cycles again, and we can balance out the estrogen. Remember, when women have estrogen dominance, they also get premenstrual symptoms. And this happens can happen at any age, but it happens predominantly as, and more frequently as a woman marches through her menstrual life. As she has estrogen dominance, this adversely affects uh, her body. She gets weight gain, fluid retention. She gets breast tenderness premenstrually. She gets mood swings may get headaches or even migraine headaches. Oftentimes, those can be debilitating. And those often start maybe a day or two before the period, and then it continues as a woman ages or matures to three to five days to seven days to 14 days, and she feels terrible for for the whole last half of the month. She's got all these symptoms and problems. She'll go to the doctor, and maybe she doesn't have fibroids and maybe her bleeding isn't bad enough. The doctor says, well, let's just try you on a few antidepressants trying to help you with your mood swings. Well, or we'll give you sleep medication or we'll give you some anxiety medication. It does cause when you have estrogen dominance, you get panic attacks and you get anxiety attacks. Those are very common symptoms of an imbalance in your female hormones. And it's interesting, oftentimes the doctors say, well, your hormones are imbalanced, so we're going to do a hysterectomy. Your question should be, doctor, why don't we just balance my hormones? You need to ask your doctor, what's causing the symptoms in the first place? Why do I have these symptoms? What's causing my uterus to bleed heavily? Why am I developing fibroids? Why do I have all these premenstrual symptoms? And I'll ask women this when they tell me they have these problems. and say, what do you think is causing these problems? It happens cyclically. What do you think is causing it? She goes, my hormones? Yes, your hormones are causing the problems. Some doctors, by the way, will simply put women on birth control pills, which are counterfeit hormones, and which have a host of adverse side effects on their own. They're not natural, so they cause a problem. So let's look at some of the symptoms that are caused by low progesterone and estrogen dominance. 
while these symptoms are very common among women, it doesn't mean they're normal, healthy, or natural. They're indications of declining ovarian functions. Your ovaries just aren't working well anymore. And this results in an imbalance between the estrogen and progesterone, as I've mentioned. So we can safely correct this by replenishing the bioidentical hormones that are identical to those that are in your body. So here's some common symptoms and disorders associated when your body goes into estrogen dominance. And I've written about this in my book, Hormones, Health, and Happiness. I have a whole section on female hormones and the, and, uh, and how they function and how they work and how an imbalance can cause health problems like estrogen dominance. By the way, estrogen, estrogen dominance causes the liver to produce high levels of thyroid binding globulin, TBG, thyroid binding globulin. What do you think thyroid binding globulin binds? It binds thyroid. It's a thyroid binding protein. And it binds onto the thyroid hormones as they're produced and it attaches to them so they can't be properly assimilated into your cells. Thyroid doesn't do anything in the blood. It has to enter your cells. In the cells, the thyroid hormones in the active uh, T3 part, that's where it has three iodine atoms on a thyroid molecule, they go to the generators in your cells. The generators are called mitochondria. They're the power plants that produce electrical energy that allow you to carry out your biochemical processes within the cell. And if you don't get enough thyroid into the cells, then your power plants, your generators, your mitochondria are down-regulated. So women commonly with estrogen dominance will have the symptoms of hypothyroidism. They'll have decreased energy level, difficulty with weight, cold body temperatures, inability to focus and think clearly, mood swings, depression. They'll have joint muscle aches and pains. They may have constipation. They'll have irregular and dysfunctional uterine bleeding. Women commonly with low thyroid situation have a difficulty time becoming pregnant. Uh, it can also lead to recurrent and chronic infections because you don't have enough energy in your immune system. You're not producing enough energy in the power plants to help you have a very active and healthy immune system. So you may tend to get infections more commonly. Women will have hair loss and they get puffiness, get loss of the lateral third of the eyebrows. You may have an enlarged tongue. You can look at your tongue in a mirror, let it hang out and look and see if you have any modeling or scalloping along the borders. That indicates the tongue's enlarging, growing up against the teeth. That's a sign of hypothyroidism and loss of body hair as well. Well, here are some of the symptoms that we see with estrogen dominance. Severe menstrual cramping, heavy periods with clotting, irregular menstrual cycles, uterine fibroids, ovarian cysts, endometriosis, infertility, multiple miscarriages, fibrocystic breast disease, premenstrual breast tenderness, premenstrual fluid retention and weight gain, anxiety and panic attacks, or depression premenstrual mood swings, premenstrual headaches and migraine headaches, and a decline in romantic moods and inclinations, which is termed libido. The problem today in traditional medicine is when a woman consults her OB-GYN for help with these symptoms, she's usually given uh, two options, as I mentioned. One is prescription drugs, most commonly synthetic hormones like birth control pills that can actually worsen a, a woman's problems, or surgery. Now, the way this is, this, is, this is 
how bad it's been. I, I knew an OB-GYN doctor that said, this is really going to get you upset. He said that he goes to the office every day looking and trying to find potential patients who need a hysterectomy. He is searching and seeking for women in whom he can perform a hysterectomy. That's how they make their living is performing hysterectomy. They get a whole lot more money on a hysterectomy than they do on an office visit when they prescribe medication. So that's kind of bad to think about that, but that's when you're incentivized, when you're, we have an old adage, always beware of, uh, of someone who's got a knife in his pocket when he's, uh, and when you go for a problem, because oftentimes his answer is going to be surgery because to a surgeon, a chance to cut is a chance to cure. That was common. Uh, that was a common saying we had when I did my surgery, when I did a year in surgery, a hysterectomy when she has a hysterectomy and bilateral salpingo oophorectomy immediately causes surgical menopause. She's thrown into menopause, and that's going to cause some problems, hot flashes, weight gain, anxiety, low libido, brain fog, fatigue, frequent urination, night sweats, depression, vaginal dryness, insomnia, mood swings, migraines. And some of you women that are listening have been through that or going through that now, or you've seen family members, parents, mom have gone through this, and they had a tough time mm-hmm. during their uh, during their menopause, you know, peri and, and postmenopausal time because of the significant decline in hormones. That's what happens to women. This is natural. As you go through puberty, you begin making your hormones. You march through your menstrual life. You're fertile, and you make good levels of hormones that balance, and then they begin to decline and become imbalanced. And then you stop making them, and now you're into menopause. Well, those hormones are very important molecules that instruct cells what to do and how to do it. That's very important. And they affect, most importantly, they affect neurotransmitters in the functioning of our brain. So as our hormone levels go down, it causes the host of problems that I've just mentioned. And obviously, if you've had your ovaries removed in a hysterectomy, you begin to have these problems just as if you went through the menopause without a hysterectomy. And it's trashy because the reason why people get hysterectomies, you know women want to feel better, and they're hoping that that will make them feel better, but it, it actually doesn't in many cases. In many cases, they feel worse. I can't tell you the number of women come, come, we, uh, that we see here at the OC Health and Wellness Center. We've seen 33,000 guests since 1989. We're in our, 20, our 31st year, and of course, about 75% of our guests are women. I can't tell you the number of women that we've seen post-hysterectomy that feel terrible. And we also have many women that come in that have symptoms that if they were seeing their OB-GYN would lead to a hysterectomy. And oftentimes women come here because they don't want a hysterectomy, and they want to try something natural to help prevent removing their organs. Well, A hysterectomy is major surgery. It's not without risk at all. The risks include infection, heavy uh, post-surgical bleeding, injury to nearby organs, blood clots, uh, difficulty with pulmonary problems uh, and heart problems related to anesthesia, and even death. As we've discussed, the decision on whether or not you should undergo a hysterectomy is a very difficult decision that a woman has to make. It may be the last resort, but unfortunately, it has become all too common as the only treatment offered. 
Birth control pills and surgery are often the only option that women are given when it comes to female issues of dysfunctional bleeding and all the other symptoms that we've described. Natural alternatives would be bioidentical hormone replacement, but they're rarely mentioned by conventional physicians as a form of treatment. Why is that? I've been doing this since 1996. We have been treating people at the OT Health and Wellness Center. Myself and our team of uh, professional providers have been providing natural bioidentical hormones, and it has made a dramatic, dramatic change in the lives of literally tens of thousands of women in our practice who say, doctor, I got my life back. Thank you for giving me my life back. That's the common thing we hear. The biggest tragedy many women who choose to have is hysterectomy, they're not informed of the serious risks that occur and come and develop after surgery. So let me give you a few questions you might ask your doctor. And I'd write these down and we'll put them on the, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put them on this uh, broadcast. We'll print them out so you can look at them. We'll put them on the, uh, on the computer so you can look at them and, 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 and print them out. Ask your doctor, why do, why do I need to have a hysterectomy? What's causing the problems with my uh, symptoms? What are causing these symptoms? What organ or organs will be removed? Will my ovaries be left in place? If not, why not? Will my cervix be removed? If so, why? Are there any alternatives besides a hysterectomy? What are the advantages? What are the risks? What are the benefits of each of these? What are the physical effects that I will have after a hysterectomy? Are the, are the effects permanent? What will happen to my figure, to my weight, to my breast? How will it affect, affect my romantic moods and inclinations with my husband? Will I experience menopause after hysterectomy? Can the symptoms of menopause be treated? How are you going to recommend I treat them? What are the risks and benefits of the treatment you're offering me, doctor? Will the operation be a vaginal hysterectomy or will it be an abdominal hysterectomy? Why? Why do you choose one over the other? What can I expect in the hospital? What preoperative procedures will I have? How long will I be in the hospital? What type of anesthesia will I have? What's the possibility that I could develop infections? Will I need transfusions? Am I going to have a urinary catheter to help me drain my bladder? What kind of care will I be offered after my hysterectomy? What should I do to prepare coming home from the hospital? How soon could I go back to work? How soon could I do heavy housework? When can I resume having relations with my spouse? These are key questions you need to write down and you need to ask your physician when he makes those recommendations of a hysterectomy. Now, if you've had a hysterectomy and are experiencing negative symptoms of hormonal decline, then we can help you here at the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center. We would normally put you on, depending upon your symptoms, we would put you on natural progesterone. And we have OBGYNs, well, they put you on progesterone, you don't have periods anymore. Your hormones have to balance. The reason you ended up having a hysterectomy was because you had dysfunctional uterine bleeding, you had all the uh, associated cramping pains, severe uh, pain that was associated with your periods, you had the premenstrual symptoms that were debilitating, you had debilitating migraine headaches, you had fibroids, all these are symptoms. And 
and uh, we can help with those symptoms by treating with natural estrogen biased, which contains estriol and estradiol, two natural, there are three natural hormones, estriol, estradiol, and estrone, and we use estriol and estradiol. Those are the safest, and we do that to give enough to help prevent night sweats and hot flashes and vaginal dryness. We also add to the mix progesterone, which balances the estrogen at all times, and so you take them both simultaneously. We also add a little bit of testosterone. Women make testosterone uh, during their menstrual cycle. Interestingly enough, the day they make it primarily is on the day they ovulate. They make testosterone. Testosterone stimulates sexual desire. So the man that didn't look very, very attractive to you for the first two weeks of the month, all of a sudden when you ovulate, he's looking pretty good. And you have the desire, and God made it that way to help us want to recreate uh, the species and reproduce the species. So we use that, and that's very important. We oftentimes will check and see, and women commonly have symptoms of hypothyroidism. And if a woman has the symptoms of hypothyroidism, which I've described earlier, the, the fatigue, difficulty with weight, one summer, all of these symptoms, cold sensitivities, difficulty focusing, mood swings, depression, joint muscle aches and pains, sluggish bowels, recurrent infections, hair loss, puffiness, uh, loss of the lateral third of the eyebrows, puffy tongue. If she has one summer, all of these symptoms, we will give her an empirical trial of low dose of natural uh, thyroid to help stimulate energy production within the cell. And, of course, we also recommend vitamins and minerals to help women detox, uh, help an individual detox. We use that both men and women. Uh, We recommend a good, healthy eating program, which would be a yeast-free eating program. We eliminate and cut down on sugars and any uh, grain product that would convert to sugar, particularly wheat products, and that's all your pizza, pasta, cookie cakes, and donuts, corn, potatoes, and rice, all convert to sugar. So we we eliminate those and help get a good, healthy uh, colonic bacteria, good, healthy bacteria. uh, microbiome in the in the gut because you got to have healthy intestines to be healthy, and and uh, then we recommend an exercise program and this will get a woman on a path of health and wellness naturally so she has energy so she has vitality and so she has enthusiasm for life. Well, Doctor Hootsie, thank you. I mean, I know the audience feels the same way I do that that was a very in depth, thorough explanation of hysterectomies, why you may not want to get one, but what you can also do if you've already had a hysterectomy. And so Dr. Hotsi shared with you a little bit earlier in the podcast about his book, Hormones, Health, and Happiness. We'd love to offer that to anyone who wants to call. It's his best-selling book, his first book. You can call us at 281-698-8698. We'd be more than happy to ship you a copy of that. Again, 281-698-8698. And we'd also love to have a consultation with you, talk to you about your specific needs and issues and see if our center is a fit for you. We hope that you have been blessed by this program. Thank you for joining us here today at Dr. Hotsey's Wellness Revolution. A special thanks to Physicians Preference Pharmacy, formerly Hotsey Pharmacy, proud sponsor of Dr. Hotsey's Wellness Revolution podcast.
information provided on this radio program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution radio program advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this radio program is at the listener's discretion.